If you've been following the podcast for the past couple of years, you will know that I've had Jess on before. And just before I pressed record, we were actually saying so much time has passed, but it doesn't feel like it was over a year and a half ago when we last spoke. But I want to introduce her. I will get Jess to introduce herself. Welcome back, Jess. Thank you so much. Yeah, I can't believe that it has almost been over a year, but it definitely does not feel that way. But I'm excited to be back. (laughs) So why don't you tell us all, who are you? What do you do? For those of the podcast listeners that haven't listened to our last interview together, who is Jess Martin? I guess from a personal note, I am 20. Oh my God, I'm almost 29, which is crazy. We were just saying how quickly the year is going as well. I obviously turn 30 next year and this is a big awakening for me. I'm like, since when am I almost 30? Um, But anyways, yes, 30 years old, almost. (laughs) Um, Live on the Gold Coast in Queensland. For those in Australia, you would know that is beautiful. Um, I love going to the beach. I've actually just got engaged. So that's like the topic of all of my combos this week. So that's kind of my personal intro, but business-wise, I'm a mindset mentor for women, podcast host of the Abundant and Aligned podcast, and just doing the mission that I feel I was put on this earth to do. It's taken me a little bit to get here because I was a personal injury lawyer. So that's kind of my background, which I'm sure will come up in the episode today. Um, So navigated my way here just on the online space. I love to travel. So it just makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to touch on how you got into doing what you're doing, because I know in our last episode, we obviously touched on it, but I want to have a refresher because you have progressed so much and I've been following you obviously on socials. And I really want to dive in in today's episode, a little bit more of the behind the scenes, I guess, from both of us and, and the growth, but also not just all of the successes. I think a lot of the time there's not enough emphasis on also touching on the failures or the things that we've struggled with or the ways that we've shown up and it hasn't exactly worked in quotation marks. So coming from being a lawyer, let's start with what made you want to make a transition to being a mindset mentor and working online? Huge change. Yeah, massive. So the big thing for me was the time freedom component, but I guess I'll take you back. My entire life, I had wanted to be a lawyer. So to do the pivot that I've done required a lot of mindset work because the terminology I use, I just wasn't programmed for this kind of line of work. So like I said, my entire life, I'd wanted to be a lawyer. And I honestly don't even know where that had started. But within my family, a lot of the females went to uni and they did kind of corporate jobs. So lots of lawyers, accountants, that was kind of the career path. So it made sense that that part of life was quite easy for me. I breezed my way through school, got into law school, did that pretty easy, landed this insane job straight out of uni. And so I guess the childhood version of me was like dream come true. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was literally in my first year as a lawyer. I just moved up to the Gold Coast. I applied for the role that I got. No idea that I would get it. Like I was just like, let's just apply. We'll see how we go. Got it. So again, like things were just so easy when it was in that department. And I was in my first year as a lawyer working full-time for the first time in my life because at uni I had casual jobs. And I was just like, this just is not for me. 
I had just moved away from family and I'm a huge family person. So having to go and ask my boss for leave to go home and being restricted to only four weeks in the whole year to go on holidays, it honestly did not sit well with me. And it kind of pissed me off in a little way. So it was kind of weird. I don't know why I'd gone, taken myself five years through law school and then figured out that this is not what I wanted to do, but that's how it all panned out. And I remember the day clear as like, it was like yesterday, I was reading some kind of mindset book and I guess it just asked like, I don't know if you're happy in life. And I was like, no, like if this is it for me, I'm so bored already. <laughs> like this mm. is, just, like I said, the time freedom component was a massive priority. So at that stage, I was like, well, what next? Because obviously law is a very stressful environment time freedom isn't really an option. So I was kind of left with, I have no idea what my plan B will be. One good thing that I have always been good at was just figuring things out. And I've always been a big dreamer and visionary. And so I was confident that I would figure it out eventually, as long as I just kind of kept the vibe, like what was the vibe I was looking for. Anyways, within a couple of weeks, I started noticing Instagram posts of network marketing so that's when I jumped into, in quotes, self-employed life for the first time. And I did that for a couple of years and it was okay, but this is where I really started to unravel the mindset blocks that I had. Mm. And again, going back to this word, I like to use my programming. I was not programmed for passive income, online work, traveling and working. Like I was so programmed to work your ass off, turn up at a job and make money that way. So going through my, I was in network marketing for probably two and a half years, but throughout that business felt slow and like a bit of a slog. But the best thing that had ever happened to me because it forced me to really look at my own mindset blocks, heal my own shit. And then I was like, I need more women to know about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and by this stuff, I'm sure we'll get into. And then, yeah, that's kind of how I've ended up here, just kind of figuring out my own blocks, especially when it comes to money and business and what work should look like. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, now I get to teach women that as well. So, yeah, that's kind of the story. Amazing transition. And I think it's, it's, I believe it's so crazy that, you know, the, the typical nine to five is like four weeks of leave and you have to also get approved of that. And it, this just takes me back. My partner was having a conversation with one of his long-term friends the other day, speaking about the on uh, the upcoming Europe trip that we have in a couple of months. And his friend just recently got married, had kids and goes, oh, I would love to do that. And my, my partner was kind of saying, oh, you know, you should do it. Like, why not? And he goes, I'll wait for five years time until my long service leave. And I read that message and I was like, that blows my mind because I don't know sometimes, and you probably find this, Jess, that you, when you do so much work, when it comes to the mindset, which I really want to dive into in our belief system and what we're programmed to believe as the, in quotation marks, right way to work and to create an income and to create abundance, hearing things like that, I'm like, I could never step into those shoes and wait for it. And I think, you know, it also makes me feel like I wish more people would dive deep into this type of stuff to know it doesn't have to be like that. Because even when I went to uni and I did a business degree for the longest time, I thought, 
it does have to be like this. Like, this is how you make money. You get your nine to five, you work really, really hard and you'll be able to save. You can get a mortgage, you can go traveling, you can do all this and then rinse and repeat until you're, what, 70, you know, whatever the retirement age is here in Australia. And, you know, I find it really interesting because I think a lot of people over the past couple of years, and it's probably the awareness out there on social media now and a lot more people talking about these topics, but I think a lot more people are starting to understand it doesn't have to be that way. But in saying that, what were kind of the biggest mindset and money beliefs that you had to work through and are you still working through them at your new levels of consciousness? Yeah, so I literally, as that little box that you were just talking about where we get the normal job and we work for someone else and we do that for the rest of our life, that was the very mold that I had been put in. And in saying that, though, my dad did have his own business. So I was exposed to some level of self-employment, but in saying that, his business was um, front-facing, so he had to go into a store. It was a butcher shop. So he had to physically be there every single day trading his time for money. So, yes, he had his own business, but success to me was still represented by you've got to be there showing up every day, putting in the hard work. And so he would go to work at 6 a.m. and come home at 7 p.m. six days a week. So the programming that I had around that was, okay, we we had we had um we were financially okay, but in order for that to be the case for us, dad had to work really, really hard. And as I said, I was really put into the mold of go to uni, get a good job. And I'm not, I don't want to put down anyone that's making this kind of money, but in my family, it was like, $100,000 per year was like the goal, you know, and in our space, in the coaching industry, people are making that money a month. Mm-hmm. But this was like get in the corporate um, job, earn $100,000 per year, get a house, pay your mortgage off and retire. So that was literally my mold. And then when I started to question the mold and question, surely there is another way to live where I can prioritize my time freedom, make money while I travel while consciously I was like, this is what I want. The subconscious programming was like, no, no, if you want money, you need to be working every single day until you die. <laughs> um, so I, when you look at the two, it's like consciously, I was like, I'm coming into the online space and I'm going to make passive income and I'm going to travel to Europe by making all of this money. But the subconscious mind, which is like our control room was like, no, you're not. You're going to show up every day, every day and, you know, trade your time for money and making money will take many, many years. So this quick success that you think you want, you're not actually programmed to do. And I don't know why we are not spoken, why this is not spoken about more often, because the subconscious mind is literally running the show and it's difficult for people like you and I, but for me, I was very ambitious. So I was like, I've always been someone that's like, if it's on my mind, I can make it happen. Mm. So naturally I was getting so frustrated when I was turning up every day consciously. I was like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this happen without realizing that that subconscious programming was really just going to be the one that would prevail. So yeah, naturally you get very frustrated because you're like, I'm working hard. I'm showing up. I've got the vision boards and I'm doing all of the things, but under the surface is this very limiting belief system that, things need to look a certain way, which wasn't what I was trying to do. 
And I think that is the in-depth thing a lot of people aren't willing to put the time and energy into. And what I see, and you'll probably see this, you know, both our lines of work are basically the same. And seeing this in women is like, you can put in all of the action. This is something I speak about all the time. You can put in all the action, you can have all the vision boards, you can have the manifest manifesting routine rituals, future scripting, journaling, everything. But at the end of the day, your subconscious mind does run the show. And unless you dive in deep and go into the shadows and start to uncover why you operate the way you do and why you are attracting the things that you do, I think that a lot of people don't want to come to terms with if they are in a shitty job or the business isn't working out or maybe they're not living in an apartment they like or attracting relationships that aren't for them, that they've created that. And I know, and I say that because I used to have so much resistance to that. You know, when I first started personal development, 18 years old, you know, one of the classics, the secret and then law of attraction going over that, you start thinking, well, I'm thinking these positive thoughts and I'm doing everything, but like, why am I attracting this person? And why am I still living paycheck to paycheck? Why do I still feel like this? And I think a lot of the time people don't want to admit, number one, they have created that but the next level to that isn't just just the awareness it's the subconscious awareness of what is actually happening yeah exactly right and again this is where so many women get caught out because it's like I yeah I'm I'm thinking positively you know I'm reading all of the books etc etc and they are they're doing these things but it's just that 5% of their mind the rest is just completely conflicting to what they're actually trying to create um, yeah, it's something that I'm so glad we're having the conversation about mm-hmm. it because it's so, so important to understand how, what it is for you. Um, and like the easiest way to kind of start to pick that apart is just to take, as you said, take a look at what is hard in your life or not coming easily to you. And to put it simply, you just don't have the program for it. Mm, exactly. And I think that a lot of people actually search for these magic pills or these extravagant answers that all of a sudden, okay, if I practice this once or I say this one affirmation, then it's just going to fall into place. Everything's going to be good. But you know, the, the, the reality of it is it takes time and there is going to be levels. And I'm sure you've realized this in business and personal life as well is you will reach a new level of consciousness. And if you haven't worked on one tiny bit of an old money belief, it's going to come up again and you're going to keep facing it. And I think that you have to, it's really a resilience game as well. Like you have to know that that is your programming. That's what you got bought out with. Like one of my programmings around money was from my parents. Like you have to work really, really hard for money, like really, really hard. And that's how I operated for the first couple of years in my business. Like, okay, that's the thing. And you don't realize until you're burnt out, you're overwhelmed, you aren't getting the results. And it's like, it does get to be another way. And I think that a lot of women that I've had conversations with don't actually fully believe or step into. And so this is for everyone listening, that it does get to be another way. It does get to be something that's created as normal for you. And like you said, Jess, there's, you know, it is kind of like the goal, right? And again, not taking away from anyone that earns his salary, but there are people in the coaching industry that earn 100K minimum per month per month, right? And people are aiming for that per year. And again, doesn't take away from anyone, but it just goes to show that 
part of that, yes, it's the showing up. Yes, it's doing all the things. Yes, it's whatever it may be strategy-wise. But a lot of that, when you have conversations with these coaches and in the industry, it is, in fact, the programming, what they tell themselves and their own self-concept. So in saying that, I would love to dive a little bit deeper into how you kind of shifted your self-concept to create at a place of ease of abundance or bringing things into your reality. Yeah. As I said, number one was the awareness. So actually being honest with myself, because for a little while in business, if things weren't working, I did what I got told growing up and that was, well, work harder. So if things weren't working in my business, what did I do? I added an extra hour on top of it here, here, here. And like, you know, that was how I thought we had to do it. The thing with that is, is when you think about it like this, if you already have what you want, you don't live in a place of scarcity and lack. But when you don't have it and you're working harder and harder and harder, you're essentially broadcasting the signal that you don't have what you want and you're not going to get it. And so when I started really realizing that, I was like, I'm literally pushing it away by doing this. So awareness was the big thing. And I did, I just sat down. I was like, what's hard for me? And what am I facing a lot of resistance around? And just got honest with it. Again, this is naturally, we're going to go, oh no, everything's fine. You know, I'm really driven and really ambitious and I've got this, I'm doing all of the things, but it's like, yeah, you are, but is it working? And just having that honest conversation with yourself, like, I know you're trying hard and I know you're doing your best, but it's not working. And taking a look at that and just like writing on a piece of paper, like what actually isn't working. And for me, it was money. And something that I didn't realize was this level of like not feeling worthy of the life that I wanted. That element there really threw me because I'm quite an outgoing, confident person. As I said, when things are on my mind, I'm very driven to make it happen. So when I figured out an unconscious block for me was not feeling worthy, I was like, wait a second. But actually unraveling that was the start of so much momentum. Again, this is why we need to really dig it up because on the surface level, you're probably not going to figure it out. Or, you know, work with a coach because they'll ask you the questions where you can start to peel back the layers. So the awareness was key. And then it was, okay, this is what I've got going on. Let's learn more about this stuff. So again, I just really dove into understanding truly how the subconscious programming comes to be. And obviously what's required to rewrite the program. And as you said, Jess, it takes time. And I always say to my clients, insert your age here. As I said, I'm almost 29, 29 years of unlearning to do. That's not going to be an overnight thing. In saying that though, it can be quicker than what we think if you are super consistent with it. So that's why I was like, I was like, okay, this is what's required. Reprogramming a computer get in there every single day and do the work every single day to rewrite the program. And eventually what became my priority was my mindset work over showing up in my business. Mm. Obviously we need to take aligned action. We need to do the things in business. We all know that. But if I had two hours in my day when I still worked full time, more of that was spent rewriting the program than what it was actually showing up on Instagram and sending the emails because there was no point me showing up on Instagram and sending the emails with an expired program because I would have just got the same results. Mm. So that was a big turning point for me. I was like, okay, instead of doing the same shit, I'm going to rewrite the program. And to me, the biggest things that helped with that was visualization, 
and doing meditations that are designed to actually rewrite the program. So, you know, in the coaching industry or in the personal development world, we hear a lot about meditating, but there's one way to meditate where you're kind of just sitting there and you're being calm. And there's another where you're actually getting yourself into a state where you're just accessing the subconscious mind and you're installing the new programs. So getting good at that. And again, this was a practice. I I sucked at this at the start, but it's like, learning that as well and making that a non-negotiable, doing this particular meditation where I was in that state where I was, I was just downloading new programs that I need. Mm. Um, And also just in that too, you need to know what your new program is. Mm. So it's like, if you already had what you wanted, what would you, you know, how would you think about money, feel about money or X, Y, and Z? How would you think about love and relationships? Like whatever the new program is, what actually would be the program be and then start to install it. Yes to all of that. That was amazing. And I know everyone listening is going to be taking lots of notes. I I think on that is number one, consistency. That definitely is key. And I know a lot of people actually don't like to hear that, but, and it's been said over and over again in the personal development world, but it really, and it was something I was thinking about this morning at the gym actually, is like, you need to stay consistent with the work. You can't do two work, two weeks worth of meditations or visualizations or programming and then expect it. And something I always share with my clients is there's always going to be an energetic lag as well. It's like you have to, you can't expect that I'm going to visualize tonight and then tomorrow a million dollars is going to land in my bank account, right? There's all the other factors that go into that. But consistency is definitely key. But also, and I want to dive a little bit deeper is, operating from the self-concept that you desire to become. And I know a lot of the conversations that I've had, whether they're clients or just friends or whoever, have said, well, you know, it's it's hard, hard first of all, it's own limiting belief, hard in the sense, you know, I look at my bank account and, you know, I do get anxiety from that or, you know, I'm not attracting anyone new to date or whatever it is. So I guess in saying that, what I want to hear from you, Jess, is like, What did you do in the moments of struggle when you're like having maybe a shitty day, maybe you had an argument with your partner and you're like, I just, I can't be fucked with this. I'm trying to do this, but I really can't see that I'm going to get this money in my bank account or I'm going to have this type of business. What are the type of things that you did or told yourself? I guess there's two parts to that that are probably going to conflict each other, but it is what it is. One big thing for me was moving from this masculine energy into the feminine energy. So there were days where historically I would have felt like shit, menstrual cycle, shitty day at work, whatever, but I would have forced myself to show up. So a shift that I made with that was, well, you know what, like you're human. If you need to take the day, go and take the day. So that's kind of one element of that. But another element was, Again, it's we create from energy and vibration. So if you look, you're right, you might do the visualization one night and then look at your account the next night and go, well, where is the money? Naturally, you're going to get annoyed or frustrated. But the thing is, if you stay in that, you're literally just sending out that broadcast of lack. So my client made this really, like she's she's called it delusional the other day. And I was like, you're right. It is kind of delusional at first. Like you need to insert, you know, for the example with the bank account, look at the bank account and yeah, you might see a negative figure, but don't stop looking at that negative figure until you've shifted yourself into this state where you're looking at a different figure. And yeah, call it delusional, but that's kind of this element where you need to get yourself into this state of being where 
you need to act as if things are different. And as you said, energetically, that will catch up eventually. But where a lot of women go wrong is we come out of a visualization and we're feeling really, really good. And we're like, oh my God, yeah, I'm vibrating at the frequency. Like money is on its way to me. And then the next day they see the debt or they see that the client refunded or whatever, and they just neutralize all of that work that they did. And this ebb and flow with our frequency and our energy isn't actually sustained long enough to see the results show up. So yeah, what I got really, really good at was it did not matter what my numbers looked like. That is not how I felt within my body. My energy was I'm showing up as a million dollar coach every single day on Instagram, the way I interact with people, my content, like I'm making that to everybody else look like I've got my shit together and maybe I don't. The the growth that I saw after that one piece of change, and like if you go back through my Instagram, you'll see where this happened. It was organizing photo shoots. It was changing my branding. These little things matter because suddenly, again, your energy shifts into someone that would have the money that you desire. When you start to feel like her, think like her, um, you know, like be her, before you know it, you start to sh- see the things show up in your reality and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Now I'm actually seeing it come to fruition. So yeah, I guess there's a part of like be human and experience the lows if you feel you need to, but just know that if you had everything you already desired, how would you be showing up in that situation? I agree. And I think it's important to touch on, like, you're still a human. You're still going to have a human experience. You're still going to have bad days. I mean, try being happy for three days straight. It's exhausting, right? Like it's, it's impossible. It's so I think like being able to flow into that experience of being a human being, whether it's sadness or anger, whatever you're experiencing, but minimizing the time spent in there, because the more time you spend in there, that's your point of attraction. That's exactly what you're going to be bringing into your world. And I think that's where I see a lot of women struggle is they get there and they start to feel guilty. It's like, oh my God, now I've had a bad day. I've ruined all my visualizations for the week. I've ruined my meditation and my journaling last night. It's like, no, just recognize, be conscious about what you're doing and think, what am I doing to change my point of attraction? And I think that's really, really powerful as well. And doing what you can to stretch yourself to experience the reality that you desire as well. Now, it doesn't mean that you go put yourself in debt and you go, you know, get out all these credit card loans, go on this big, big uh, holiday and whatever. It just means where in your life or your capacity, can you shift your mindset to think, what are the things I can do in my capacity that scares me a little bit, but does stretch me to experience what this reality may be? It could be something as simple as, all right, my million dollar self would take herself to coffee once every Friday morning, you know, something like that. And even that $5 may be a stretch for you, but I truly believe in the art of like putting yourself in positions where you are experiencing. And again, it comes into your awareness and your consciousness as your normal. And that's what you want to bring in your normal state of desire. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. There's so many things you can start doing where you're tapping into that version of you without going to the extent of yeah, getting yourself in debt. And one thing I always tell my clients to do is like, literally do us like script out the day, dream day in your life and just go crazy. Whatever comes to mind, put it on the paper and then go back and circle anything that you can do from right now. Mm-hmm. And there will be so many in there that you probably haven't realized, as you said, little things like going to coffee dates or going to get your nails done or going to regular facials. Like, you know, these are little things that you can do before 
you are actually making millions of dollars in your business, but these little shifts add up. And then, as I said before, you know it, you're like, oh, I am starting to feel like her. And you'll start to make decisions from that point. And again, again, the ripple effect is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I want to shift gears a little bit. I want to dive into a bit of, I guess, a little bit behind the scenes of you creating your business. Let's talk more on, I mean, it will kind of go into it, but strategy and energy as we've been speaking about. But I guess what are the, for people listening right now, and they're maybe they're in the rat race, maybe they're in the corporate world, or maybe they've started a business and they are like, I just feel like everything I'm doing isn't working. What are, I guess, the top things that you have found, whether it's an exact thing you do or a strategy or whatever it may be, that have really helped you create momentum and move the needle in your business? The biggest thing, and just because this has been the most recent that's exploded my business, is be you. And I know we all hear that, you know, be authentic and whatever, but If you are in business, if you are on social media, it is very easy for your eyes to dart. And that's what I did in this business in the earlier days. When you're new to something, you're like, okay, let's, you know, follow mentors and whatever. We we often get too busy watching and we're not creating. And then when we do create, sometimes we find, even if we're not realizing it, like, oh, they did this, maybe I'll do that, whatever. At the end of the day, it's not coming from you. So, I would take a step back. If you're feeling like nothing, things aren't sticking, take a step back and just yeah, do the exercise of if everything was working out, how would I be showing up right now in business, on social media? And you will probably find some gaps like, oh, I wouldn't be doing this or I would be doing more of that. And you'll start to establish yourself what the strategy is for you. And I'm huge on like personal branding as well. And again, that's something that really made me start to stand out as a coach because people knew me for what I was talking about and they knew me for my page and things like that. So yeah, come from you. I am someone that doesn't believe in strategy and I am kind of new-ish to this. There have been times, especially in network marketing, when I was in that business, it's like, okay, this month I want to make $10,000 and I'm going to do this, 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 this. And I would add up all the ways that was going to happen. And I would sell here and post here. And it was just all strategy. What I personally found is when I was in that mode, again, I was in this energy of lack and scarcity. Like I was always chasing my own tail. I show up best when I lead from like, oh, what do I feel like doing today? Or what's on my heart? And I'm really big on cycle syncing as well. So I'm like, Some days we seriously can't be bothered to show up on social media or whatever. I feel like when we've got this strategy in place where we need to do this and need to do that, again, it's the energy you're coming at things that matters. And if that's off, then there's no point you showing up like that because the results aren't going to stick either. So what I started to do did was I used to have this huge, big brown piece of paper up on my wall in my office that had everything that was going to happen, which would have been my strategy throw it in the bin. I was like, I'm leading from energy. I'm leading from what I feel like I want to talk about today. Obviously in business, you've got to have a bit of a plan. Like I've got my programs. I know when they will be launched and I obviously have income goals, but I'm no longer so attached to these because again, if you just knew that was going to happen, you wouldn't be like desperate for these things to come into play. Um, So that would be the other thing. And what else? (laughs) Like, yeah, I guess just coming back to how would I do this if I was the person I wanted to be? 
And that gets easier. The more you start to see the results, then you just start to show up as her. But again, if you're earlier in business and you're still trying to find your feet, a lot of the things that you may be doing is coming from this place of, yeah, like desperation, I need to make this work. And it's like, okay, if I was the example we gave before, the million dollar version of me that had the most beautiful, successful business, how would she approach X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. And just making sure no matter what your engagement is like, no matter how many Mm -hmm. sales you're getting or not, you're always just showing up as her. And again, the word delusional, it's my favorite word right now, because you're going to go out and organize your photo shoot and you're going to show up on social media and you're going to talk for so long to maybe no one, but you just need to keep at it because eventually it will catch up. And yeah, when you're in that energy of like, I've got this, your results will eventually match that. Absolutely. And I think it's key to be showing up as you want to be, let's say the million dollar coach, right? Let's just say for you and I, we've been in business the past couple of years, right? A substantial amount of time. And I believe that when a coach has, you know, we're quite established ourselves. People know our branding. People know exactly who we are, what we do. And that does take time and that does take consistency. I think for a brand new coach, if you're starting out in the space or maybe you're restarting, whatever it may be, I think it is important to, number one, cut out the noise of other mentors um, and what other people are doing, just like you pointed out. I think that's really, really important. But number two, it is important to consistently show up, right? There are definitely days where I don't show up in a, I guess you could say a sales manner, right? I'm just showing my life. But I think that sometimes people who start in the conversations I have, women who are starting their businesses straight away are kind of like, all right, so I'll sell once and I'll talk about my offer program mentorship once. And then that's really all I'm going to do for the week. And maybe I'll make one post. And it's just not good enough at the start of business, right? And it doesn't mean that there's a wrong or right or, you know, it doesn't mean you have to post a certain amount or you have to show up a certain amount. But going back to what Jess said, it's like, if you were a million-dollar coach, you were getting a million dollars into your bank account from what you were doing, seriously, how would you show up? I can guarantee you wouldn't be speaking about your program once or you wouldn't only be showing up on your story once because you're scared to speak or you wouldn't be making one reel per week or whatever it may be. And I think when you go into it with that mindset, but sharing exactly what you love to do and, again, what Jess said, just being yourself. It's so, so true. I mean, I know it's a bit of a buzzword authenticity, but I think it's so, so true. Like when you are more yourself, people are going to gravitate towards you. And that's how you're going to build a community, which is one of the most important parts of building a business. But I do believe that I've kind of switched over the past few years. I don't believe you have to work really hard, but I do believe you need discipline and focus at times and even at these times and the points we're at in our business of course you need discipline and focus right you need to get shit done but I think like you know for all of you that are listening that are maybe just starting a business or you feel things aren't going your way number one cut out the noise stop following other coaches mute them if you you don't want to unfollow them but I think that was a big thing maybe a year and a half ago that really brought my own vibration down because it was more like what's right and a coach is making this much money and is this the right thing to do and the moment that you cut that out you can think so much more clearer mm-hmm. yeah and you allow your own downloads and inspiration to come through when yeah you're not trying to do it because other people are doing it um yeah I agree it changed everything for me too yeah yeah absolutely and I think you know 
running a business, you also need to look at it as a long-term game. So I would love for you to speak a little bit about this, Jess, because I found that I had this, women I speak to have this, is kind of like looking at it as like short-term wins. Like, okay, what am I making this month? Or like had one sale, let's celebrate. And then we'll go into the, the lower vibrational dip, right? And one thing I've really transitioned over the past nearly year is looking at things as a long-term sustainable game. Yeah, I agree. There has been times where I can definitely relate to the frustration. And this was when I was still working part-time in the law firm and I really wanted to be full-time in my business. So there was this element of like, I know my success is inevitable, but I need it tomorrow because I'm sick of working this job. I need it to come now. And I guess with that, if you're like at a place where you're like, I know it's a long-term thing, but like, I need my results to come now. Again, it comes back to like, how much are you forcing things? And again, as you said, Jess, like if you knew 110% that your success was inevitable, you would start to show up differently. So it's again, like making sure you're showing up with that, even though, yes, you may want to be out of that job tomorrow or you need the income this week, still maintaining that, you know, that energy, that vibration where this is a long-term thing and making sure you're sustaining that. But it is true, like your success is inevitable. And if you have thought about something, it means it's already coming. And playing with that, you know, that that level of certainty and expectation will help your results. But it does, it just makes this so much more fun because it's so easy to get bogged down in all of this shit. And in my first business network marketing, my first year, I did not hardly saw my friends. I hardly spent time with my partner. Like I literally had my head in the sand trying to build this business, I come out at the other end, nowhere different really, like maybe a little bit different, but it definitely wasn't worth it. So yeah, if you look at this, like this is a long-term thing, like this is your career now or or whatever, suddenly it's just so much more fun. It's like, yeah, like I'm not creating from this level of like force and I need it to be this way. It's like, how do I want to show up? It's fun. It feels good. It's aligned. I know my success is inevitable. So you know, it doesn't really matter what my figures say today because who knows tomorrow could be my biggest month um, or biggest day. And yeah, you're starting to just play around with that because, and I mean, if there's an element of you that's like, oh my God, is this actually going to take me that long? Mm. Maybe also analyze that. Like, are you in the right place? Mm. Because my first business in network marketing, an element of that was, oh my, I don't want to keep doing this for like the next two years. Like I want it to happen now. At the time, I blamed that feeling on, will I need the money? Looking back, though, I just wasn't in the right space. So I guess that's something else you could look at too. Like if when we say this is a long-term thing and like, you know, like just stick at it every single day, if you're like, oh, really? Then maybe that's something else you need to consider. But if you're really in the right groove and the right alignment, you're like, oh, my God, I'll do this for the rest of my life. And I'm so fine with that. Mm. I think that's a huge mindset shift in itself is, the thing that you're doing now, if you're working on a business, is the difference between the people who succeed in their business, whatever success looks like to you, is the people who will have a really bad day or find it really hard to show up, but they still go. And this is what I think. I'm like, I would not do anything else. Like, this is it for me. This is exactly what I want to do. And there's been, there was many moments at the start of my business where I was like, okay, if all else failed and I had to go back and be a personal trainer, could I commit to do that? And I was like, no, I could not think of anything worse. And I think like looking at that, but connecting to yourself, because you also might not get it 
write in quotation marks the first time. And just like with you, Jess, you started with network marketing and now hindsight is such a beautiful thing. Looking back and being like, that just was not the thing for me. That just wasn't a connect. I wasn't connected to that. And I think it's always important to keep connected and to pivot if you need to. I think that a lot of women maybe have shame or guilt if they need to pivot or they need to change or they want to do something different. 100%. Yeah. And again, I can totally relate to that, especially if you've poured so much into something and you're like, this is just not feeling as good anymore. But again, you're just like, it's, I've got to do it anyway, because everyone's watched me build the business. Everyone's going to say, I told you so. I, yeah, I've felt, felt all of that. And obviously went through that as well when I decided network marketing wasn't for me. And at that time, I had built my business to a point where I had like team members and people relying on me. I, you know, going from wanting to be a lawyer to in-network marketing, you can imagine the comments I got from my friends and my family. So I had the weight of that as well. And so Mm -hmm. it did take me a little while to fully realize that the pivot was needed because as you said, there is that element of like shame and guilt and, and whatever. But again, like it just comes back to there is something out there for you that feels so right and so aligned and, you know, who really cares about what everyone else says, like they'll get over it anyway kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And as you said, it's all good and well to say this in hindsight, because I I know the feeling where you're just like, oh my God, I've worked so hard at this. One thing I will say about that though, is it's very likely that none of it will be a waste. So if you are at the point where you're like, oh, I feel like the pivot needs to happen it's very likely that everything up until this point needed to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. And this this shows up so much in my business now. So many people that I connected with in network marketing are now my one-on-one clients, mm-hmm. their podcast listeners, et cetera, et cetera. People I would not have met if I didn't do the network marketing. So mm-hmm. I'm sure there's so, like you might not realize it yet. And I ha- like, there's still people coming to me now three years later that I'm like, oh my God, we connected back mm-hmm. then. So obviously I didn't know that was going to happen when I made the pivot, but I'm in the place now where I'm saying like, it's very likely that you needed to go through whatever it is for you before you could do what you're about to do. So yeah, it's unlikely that it's ever going to be a waste of your time. Absolutely. Everything happens in perfect divine timing and there's always feedback to move forward. Um, I want to talk a little bit about investing and like like everyone is aware, we have very similar lines of work. And I think what isn't spoken about enough, maybe by coaches like us, I see it more in business coaches, but the power of investing, right? Again, to preface this, whether it's with Jess or myself, or whether it's with any other coach, business mindset, it doesn't matter. But I guess from your point of view, Jess, what is the power and importance of investing and creating a support system for yourself, whether it's building a business or it is changing your mindset and creating a lifestyle that you desire? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm all for investing and working with someone for probably three reasons. One, to get the knowledge and peel back the layers, as we were talking about at the start, that you may not realize you even have. And if you have gone your entire life thinking a certain way, feeling a certain way, believing certain things, it's often more difficult for you to realize that those things are getting in the way of where you want to go. One call with a coach can sometimes make you have that awareness. So firstly, just that to the money side of things. I've invested twice now when I could not afford it. Like I literally, it was the biggest financial stretch for me. And there was two options. I could have not invested and stayed in my little safety bubble where 
my income, my expenses were the same and and whatever, or take the leap and trust that it had to work out because that's what I had decided. Both times I've invested and it was the biggest financial stretch have been like the biggest, best things I've done because yeah, like it's this thing where you just take a step forward and the universe will always meet you halfway. And both of those times that has proven right for me. Um, and yeah, as, as we said, like when you, when you play in your safety bubble, there's no room for change, but when you force yourself to step into that new level, and again, you're showing up as the version of you that would make moves like this, the universe will always catch up. And yeah, the third one is just getting in a room with people who are a couple of steps ahead of you. And that in itself is just a game changer. And whether it's, you know, even listening to this podcast, you know, you're starting to have the conversations that you may not have with your friends or within your family. And as we said at the start, you're starting to see that there are other things out there and you're getting amongst the women who are doing what you want to do. And, you know, you're hearing what's worked for them. You're hearing their lessons. You're hearing how they speak. You're seeing what's possible. And, you know, we've all heard the saying, you are the average of the five people you hang out with. So if you can make some of those people mentors or, you know, these kind of podcasts, then that in itself will expand you because again, you're like, oh, there's something else out there. Like you're having conversations um, and yeah, you're starting to shift into this new way of being. So yeah, investing is, yeah, one of the best things I've ever done mm. and, and the best things you will ever do as well. Mm, I love that. What would you say to someone that's listening to this and they go, okay, I really cannot afford to hire a coach, whatever type of coach that is. And I know that's the next step for me to be able to make moves in my business or my mindset. Take us through the process. Of course, you don't need to share the investment if you don't feel comfortable. But what was the process you went through, I guess, mindset wise, when you knew this is going to stretch me? And I don't know whether this is maybe a good thing for my personal life and, you know, paying rent or whatever it may be. But I also know right now, this is the choice to move me forward. How did you overcome that? I guess like if you, yeah, so I, some, a lot of people say I can't afford it, yeah. but they can, yeah. like you, you either have the money in the bank, but it scares you to spend it. Mm. Or in my case, I did not have the money in the bank. So I jumped on a payment plan. A lot of coaches usually do payment plans. So I was like, okay, well, I can afford the payment plan payment. Like I do have the money there. It scares the shit out of me to spend it on this because that's not something we're told to spend our money on growing up. You know, we should mm. be buying houses and saving our money. And very rarely are you told to put my first investment was $6,000 into someone you've never met just to be a better human. We mm. don't get told that. So that in itself. So, you know, play around. Like you probably do have the money sitting there. Is it just, are you just scared of this? But what I did was go, I went, I can either, yeah, not invest or I can invest and stay at home and not spend a single cent because I've really stretched myself here or I can invest and trust that this level of investment will just bring me money in because money is just energy. So I could just go, all right, I'm going to invest 6,000 and just make it now the new expectation that I will make an extra 6,000 in my business. So, you know, there's two things you could do. You could shrink and go, oh my God, this is so scary. Or you could go, no, this is expanding me. I've just stepped into a new money frequency. I'll just make the money back. Um, and that's what I went with. I went, okay, 
I'm not going to be sitting at home doing nothing. I've paid this much money and I'm going to make sure I make the biz, uh, the money in my business to pay it mm-hmm. off. And yeah, when you take that gamble on yourself and you go in there with this like, no, 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 I'm making this work and I trust it will. In my case, both times it did. Um, so yeah, I, a few things to kind of think about there. Mm-hmm. I love touching on getting for everyone that's listening, getting them to ask themselves, is it that I actually can't afford it or am I making the excuses or does it scare the shit out of me? Because very rarely, I don't think I've had a conversation with someone who quite literally could not afford services, right? And it's the stories we tell ourselves, it's what we attach to. And I think just like you said, Jess, like it's bigger than that. It's bigger. Money is just an exchange of energy, right? You're getting something back for that. And what you said, it's so true. You know, we don't get taught to go invest in a stranger on the internet to make us a better person, right? We do. We get taught to let's save a down payment for a house or let's save for a brand new car, which those those things are amazing. Do that if that's what's in alignment with you. But that's what we get taught. That should be the norm thing. The norm isn't, hey, there's this really great mindset coach on Instagram. Um, yeah, let's fork out $6,000 for it, right? And they're going to change your life and the trajectory. So I find that really interesting because I hope as we're shifting over the years and our industry grows and grows as it already has been since we first started, that there comes to this awareness that that is so important, that it shouldn't be seen as a luxury, but almost a necessity to creating yourself and who you want to become, you know, and even for everyone listening that doesn't want an online business, doesn't want to own their own business, is happy at their job, even for that, like, how can I up-level my mindset and be better? And I think that's always the goal and and with support and investing. And I completely agree with everything you said, but it's, it's getting really honest with yourself. Is it the fact that I can't afford it? Or this is what I always say, do I really want it? And if the answer is yes, like, how am I going to make this work? It's just not, it's it's not a question in my mind. If I really desire something or an investment, I'm like, okay, what am I doing to make this work? What am I doing in my business? Let's create this. And I think when you come at it with that point of view, you create momentum, you show, you also signal to the universe, like, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to level the fuck up. Let's do this. Um, now, touching on money and money mindset, and I know you do a lot of money mindset work with your clients, what would you say are the biggest mindset barriers that you see often in women? Mm. A big one I see is not feeling worthy of X, Y, and Z, not feeling worthy of the money, not feeling worthy of what would come if you earned the money. So this is a big element that I see a lot. And again, I think it's something that we're not talking about enough because usually people come to me, they're very driven, ambitious women. Some have great businesses already or good careers. So it's for them to go, am I worthy of this? Is like a huge thing. But obviously, if you don't feel worthy of the money that you are desiring, then you will unconsciously block it. So again, just like stripping back that. And this is where, again, so important to work with a coach because these 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 layers go so deep often. And, you know, you might establish that you feel unworthy of earning the type of money that you desire. And that 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 seed may have come from this time in your childhood, completely not even related to money. Like you just got told that you don't deserve that toy or don't do this or don't do that. And it's just kind of had this ripple effect of now you don't feel worthy of, of whatever. So that's a huge mindset block that I see around money. 
Another one is how people are making money and feel about money. Mm. And this kind of just got brought up before, but again, in society and especially the way I was brought up is it's this like either or mentality. It's I pay the coach thousands of dollars, which means that I can't save for the house. Mm. It's like we're jeopardizing one over the other. And I'm so big on like, do both. Like you literally get to do it all. Money is just energy. And I know that's not how we operate usually, but once you get to tap into this know, like this knowing that money is just energy, dump money with the coach, buy the house, travel, like you can do all of the things. And this is a playing field that you get to tap into as well. So just like kind of learning about how money actually is and operates and really just like tapping into that new way of feeling and thinking about money. Um, But yeah, there's some things that I see mostly. And I guess it's just also like having the, like choosing to feel differently about money. Again, I haven't met anyone yet that has come to me and said, oh my God, money was spoken so positively in my Mm -hmm. family. And I was told that money is unlimited and I can have as much as I want. Very rarely are we told that. So just going, well, I'm not going to choose to believe that story about money anymore. And I'm going to choose to believe something else. And I'm going to do the work so that that something else actually is my true belief system. And also just on that, blocking out the noise because- There are more people out there that will go, money is limited. And, oh, my God, just turn on the TV. All of the ads will freak you out about money. Mm. So in the early stages of this, like, money reprogramming, turn that stuff off, shut it out, because Mm. it will keep trying to come into your mind. And until you're very concrete in your new belief systems, whether it's about money or whatever, do what you can just to turn the noise down, Mm. turn the news off, like, don't watch or listen to this stuff until you are concrete in what you want to believe. I love that you brought that up because that is key. Like turn down the media, turn down the news, turn off the radio, be very mindful of the content that you consume. You know, one one platform that is very opinionated on the negative side can be TikTok, right? Be very mindful of what you continue to watch and also comments, right? You will hear someone, I came across a forgot the coach's name, a well-known coach, but he was speaking about money in a very positive way. And like we're having these conversations, the entire TikTok comment section was like, so easy for you to say you're a millionaire or that could ever happen to me. And another one was like, oh, if I attracted that, I I, I bet I would be robbed the next day. Mm-hmm. Everyone listening to this, don't read those comments. Don't like take it on. And like Jess said, like until you're rooted into your new beliefs, don't consume that type of shit, Right. Those are the type of people in that type of mindset, they will attract that. That's the ty- that's the vibration they're living on. That's the unfortunate thing. But this is where we're here to show you and reflect to you. Like you do get to choice. Do you believe that you're worthy to keep that $1,000 and to work on that worth? Or do you actually think, oh, if I do get that, I'll attract a robber. And these are, these are the ways you need to think and speak to yourself, which is so, so important. Going off of that, what are your favorite at the moment, any money rituals or routines that you do or anything that helps raise your vibe or connect to money and abundance? Yeah, and you asked this question at the start or raised it. Um, This work never stops. And, you know, like what I'm earning in my business now feels comfortable. So the next level doesn't anymore. So this work never stops. So just so you know that, there's no like, oh, my God, I've made it. I'm, yeah blocks are gone like every new level there is a new devil um but so yeah 
one massive thing I do is if I was earning whatever the new income goal is, how would I be showing up now? And that always will need a little bit of tweaking. Like I probably wouldn't be doing this anymore. I would cut Mm. down this, whatever it may be. So just, I always come back to that. And I literally do not get out of my bed in the morning until I've tapped into this energy of I am whoever I want to be. And you insert whoever you want to be in this section. But, and that, and by that, I mean, thinking, feeling, being that version of me who has the money that I want to have. So that is huge. I personally, I hate dealing with like the sales and the back end of like finances and all of that shit. But I have realized that there's a part of me that probably is fearing that because maybe there's a block there. So Mm. I'm trying to like incorporate that a little bit more in my business, like taking more a look at the numbers and being more of a numbers person. Um, Yeah, it's not my cup of tea, but I feel like it is a part of this whole money thing. So I have like a money date where I'll just sit down and, you know, actually just look at what's the business doing this week. Did I get that payment? You know, just dealing with money, looking at my bank accounts, paying bills, all of that kind of stuff, Mm. which you can do at any level. And it's crazy. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners on the other end agree. The amount of women who avoid looking at their bank accounts and they feel anxious doing that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, you know, start doing that. And a money date's a really fun way. Like literally go get a coffee or take yourself out for a wine and Mm. pay your bills, look at your business income, look at your you know, your statements or whatever, and just like start to manage your money from that point of view. Um, And I do a lot of visualization. So, you know, money is just money. It's the feeling that we want that's attached to the money income. So, you know, yes, we want the flashy house and the car and the designer bags. We want all of these things. But at the end of the day, that's attached to a feeling, which we can turn on and off. So I guess like starting to detach I guess, like what I want in terms of the money, but like what the feeling will be and then visualizing on that a lot. So walking into the dream home and then feeling like, you know, whatever you feel like when you walk into your dream home. So yeah, visualization is still very much a part of my little routines. Yeah, love all of that. Do all of that too. And yeah, money dates are so important. Like for everyone, whether you're in business or you're in corporate, it doesn't matter. I truly, truly believe in that. Like being able to sit down with yourself and yeah, maybe for... The first couple of months, maybe you have anxiety every time you check your bank account or, you know, for us like Stripe or whatever, zero, whatever it may be. But I think it's important to start to adjust yourself to like, what are you seeing? And that also helps with with your visualizations, right? Being delusional, as you said, it's like, okay, maybe after all my bills, I have negative $10. That's fine. Envision there's $10,000 in there. And I think that's important, but always, and a big theme of this entire episode is staying consistent and, and putting in the work to work towards that. And like you said, it's at every level of consciousness. And I think it was important for you to bring that up. There's never a point. And I think sometimes, and maybe you have this too, Jess, like I'll have conversations and people think because this is your work, it's like, oh, you've got it all figured out. Like you're all healed and all of this. It's like, no, I'm just at my level of consciousness now. And then the next one, I'm going to have to deal with it again. So I think that's really important. And I guess from just moving away from business, the life you have created, what are the types of things that you have been up to? What are the things that you've enjoyed more now that you're not, you know, a lawyer anymore? Um, You just got engaged. You just wanted an amazing holiday to Hayman Island, was it? Yeah. 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 So what are the things that you have been able to explore with this time freedom and working on a business? 
yeah, traveling has been massive this year. In the last five weeks, I've been away four times. Mm. So I was off to Hamilton Island and then I went to Hayman Island. I go home and see my family a lot. And that is one thing. Every time I get on that plane, I'm just like, I've made it because this was a big deal for me. And this is what started all of this was just wanting the freedom to go home whenever I want. So I'm going home again next week. Like I literally am most like, yeah, pretty much all year I've been away like within a couple of weeks, I'm off again. So just that freedom to travel and obviously having the money to travel as well, like Hamilton Island and Hayman Island aren't cheap holidays. So mm-hmm. having the finances there to go, yeah, let's go to these beautiful islands and enjoy it. But yeah, it's just the freedom of just deciding how I spend my time. And it's why I'm so passionate about what I do, because I feel like there's this beautiful life out there that is waiting for us to grab onto it, but so many aren't able to because they've got to be at work and they've got to do this on someone else's clock. So finally being in a place where I'm just completely in charge of my schedule is just amazing. And yeah, just like spending time with people is just massive because like I said, as a lawyer, like that's just not a thing. <laughs> you do <laughs> hours and it's just ridiculous. So just having this element, like honestly, every day feels like a holiday for me. Mm. I also live in a beautiful place as well. But yeah, just this level of freedom and just doing something you love as well. Like you would agree with this, Jess, work doesn't really feel like work when yeah. you love what you do. So yeah, every day just feels like a holiday and Yeah, it's just like I said before, it's just like the feeling thing. Like there's nothing better than waking up in the morning and not feeling anxious about work or dreading what you've got to do that day. Like that little thing in the morning is just huge and yeah, something I will be grateful for forever. It's incredible, isn't it? Because yeah, I resonate when you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. And sometimes I often feel like I'm on a holiday as well. It's it's crazy. And I think it's so important to tap into that feeling and it's, you're right. It, there's such a beautiful life to be lived. But what I will say to everyone listening is even if right now that feels so far off for you, it's possible. That's the biggest thing. And you got to believe that. And even tapping into that word just brings up delusional. Like you've just got to tap into the delusion. Like it absolutely is possible. There are many, many things that I have attracted and manifested and you know, become disciplined and focused to working towards where sometimes I'll have days and you probably do this just where I'm just sitting back at my desk and I'm like, how is this like the life that I'm living? Like, is this really my life? Is this really the business? So I think that's really important. Um, On that, do you have any ideas of what you want to do for your wedding or have you started planning or do you want a quick wedding? What are the plans? My wedding will be big. I'm one of those people that has had 16th and 18th, the 21st. Like I'm one of those girls. So it will be, I also have a huge family. So I think there's no escaping that. Um, I don't want a long engagement. So I'm thinking wedding next year, probably towards the end of next year. Mm -hmm. But in terms of wedding venues, not sure yet, but Mm -hmm. I'm excited to like go and explore and, and do all of that. Like I said, I'm, we're just in our little love bubble yeah. and we're my family here. And I said, I'm like, we honestly start planning. Like, I'm just so excited to plan like a massive big party, really. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to make it very beautiful. And again, another reason I was thinking this the other day why I'm so grateful for my business and learning more about how money works, because you can have the dream of a beautiful big wedding and mm-hmm. just know that that can be a possibility. So it's just like little things where it's now extending into that. So yes, I'd imagine the wedding planning will be in full swing pretty soon. Yeah. And although I was talking to some friends who have got married and you actually do need to start planning soon. <laughs> I don't realize that 
you know, you have to book everything in like a year mm. in advance, which is crazy. So, mm. yeah, I'm very excited. The Pinterest board has been created. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I love that. That would be me. That's absolutely amazing. But it's right, right? You get to like the flexibility, the freedom and the money you get to create these lives. Like me and my partner are going on a nearly two-month Europe trip and it's just so nice to be able to book things and activities or stay in places where it's like, wow, like just mm-hmm. even five years ago would have like dreamt of being able to afford a place like that or go there or go for such an extended amount of time. And I think like this should, this episode should inspire anyone listening, even if that's not starting a business, even though I highly recommend to get that freedom <laughs> because that's one of my values. But I think like just like looking at how you're living life. One of my biggest shifts I made probably around this time last year was what is the point if you're not having fun and you're not inspired? Because mm-hmm. it's it's just not really a life worth living. Like create one where you are having fun, where you have inspired. Is it okay to have a bad day? Of course, you're a human being, but it's like everything around that, have fun and inspire. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast again, Jess. This was an amazing, amazing episode. Um, why don't you let everyone know how they can find you, how they can work with you, uh, your podcast, which will all be in the show notes, but let everyone know. Yeah, sure. I hang out on Instagram the most. So that's just Jess Martin underscore underscore. Um, that's where I'm usually at. My podcast is Abundant and Aligned over there chatting every single week about topics just like this podcast. And I have my mindset program, the Academy, which is closed down. But if that interests you, jump jump on the wait list and that will be opening up kind of soonish. Um, and then otherwise, yeah, just have a flick through my website. I've got some freebies, some meditations. I'm sure you'll find something you love in there. But yeah. Thank you so much, Jess. I will leave all of her details in the show notes below and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you.